Welcome to the What's the Word podcast. I am your host, Tiffany Johnson. Now, have you ever wondered, what does the Bible, Jesus, Christianity have to do with the current world today? Well, this podcast is going to take current events, pop culture, history, and from a biblical perspective, look at its importance today. As we go into the word, we're going to be asking each other, hey, what's the word? Well, I am so excited that you're back for part two of this marriage discussion. I have been loving this relationship series so far, and we're just beginning Now, someone asked me, Tiffany, why are you doing relationships? What does that have to do with what's the word? Well, what's the word is all about what does culture say to us and what does God say in response? Where is he at in our modern day culture? Well, things all around us are putting pressure on our relationships. So it's vital to know what is God saying over our marriages, over our families. And in this discussion, you're going to hear more from James and Angela as they tell us more about issues and situations that impact every single marriage and as well ways that they support one another and ways and tips that they suggest that you can use in your marriage as well. Or if you're single like myself, they are tips that you can use later. Now, this is going to be a longer than normal What's the Word episode. I went to edit it and there's just no way every single thing they said in this conversation was just too vital and I felt would lack if I took it out and it wouldn't minister to you the full way. So needless to say, hold on. It's going to be a little bit longer and stay tuned towards the end as they pray for you and pray for marriages. Here is, again, Ministers James and Angela Smith. All right, welcome back to another week of What's the Word. I have gotten so many great responses from you guys, my listeners, about part one. And I'm excited for part two with Ministers James and Angela Smith. Welcome back. Thank you for having us again. It's a pleasure and an honor to be here tonight. Well, as I said before, they are some of my favorite people. They are people who have been um, refined by the fire in so many different ways. And God has just brought them up. And they're such powerful voices, I believe, for this hour and for this this generation. And so I just am so thankful about this. And um, we're going to continue on marriage. And um, and so as I was thinking and, and even praying through There's so many conversations I have with married people. You know, it's amazing how every married couple has a story, whether how they met. um, I always love that question. You know, how did you guys meet? You know, what's your love story? And Mm -hmm. you have so many vast varieties of why someone like this person, how they got together. And uh, so it's so unique. Every single couple is unique. But I think that there are some heart issues that tend to be the same across the board. You know, it seems like no matter what, you tend to come back to some issues that tend to be like pretty fundamental with relationships. And I think one of them is how do me and my spouse get on the same page, whether that's on finances, when to have a family, if to have a family, um, all of those different things that sometimes are discussed in the dating time. And some of them surface more and more as you're married. And some of the things you thought you would want in dating you don't want in marriage. And, you know, all of those things that people tend to think, you know, what is what is our plan? What are we doing? And how do we align? Ultimately, um, if you guys, let's talk practically. And then I want to also talk about the spiritual with it too, you know, for spouses who feel like even spiritually, me and my spouse are not on the same page. So please take it away. Right. So, um, One thing I think that's very important um, in a marriage is communication, because the minute you stop talking is the minute sometimes walls begin to build between you and your spouse. So there's no possible way. It's a false expectation kind of um, to comment on what you were sharing. If we think as married couples that we have communicated every single dream, every single um, vision, right? Every single aspiration to our spouse. So it's so important for us to have conversations 
um, around our health, conversations around our finances, um, conversations even around our family and just the family dynamic growing up. There are so many differences and things when you're in the midst of being in love um, with a person, wanting to put your best foot forward. There are so many different facets in the relationship that takes a lot of communicating. And if you out the gate in a relationship are not a good communicator, it's going to seem like you're over communicating when you begin to talk about your dreams and your goals and things that are really um, pressing in your heart that you still want to accomplish. But at the same time, you want to be able to be a nurturer and a supporter in your marriage. So being able to communicate and talk, even when you've had an argument, you may need some cool down time, but being able to communicate through the arguments, being able to communicate through the disappointments and to be able to clearly express the way that you feel. A lot of times, because we don't clearly express the way that we feel, we don't get the feedback that we feel that we deserve, but we never communicate it really like, ooh, that really hurt me, right? Or that comment really shut me down. And, you know, I didn't know how to communicate to you fully the way that I am feeling. So that's important, not just for the wife, but that's important for the husband, giving each other time to communicate, but also not just communication as far as just speaking, but asking questions. When you don't understand, don't assume. A lot of times the easiest thing for you to do with your spouse is to put them in your shoes. Like this is how I grew up. This is how I was educated. Um, this is how I grew up. This is my how I feel spiritually. This is my personal experience. But when you enter into a marriage relationship, you're in Entering into a life that is completely different and designed completely different than yours. And that's why communicating, speaking up, right? And speaking up is not for the lazy because when you're lazy, you just assume, but you have to put your effort to speak up, right? Ask questions and be an active listener and also have willingness to work with the other person and not have the objective and the goal to get your way. So when you when you start off, when you're in the dating phase and you realize that you want to be married to this person, there are certain conversations that you need to have with them. Like, hey, do you want kids? You know, how many kids do you want? You know, um, things like that. You know, um, think about money. Like, hey, do you want a house? You know, what's what's your financial plans? Um, all these different things. Um, but actually, let's even go back even farther before. Like when you start dating, you know, as adults, like you need to date, start dating in mind, having in mind, like I want to get married, you know, and then you have to start dating people that line up with what you want. So if you talk about you want somebody that's six, three, you know, don't just go on dates with somebody that's five, nine, six foot. Because you know that you're not going to, oh, I'm just going to give them a chance. But why would you give it a chance when it's not in your heart's desire? So if we're genuinely praying and telling God, this is what we want, why do we want to step out and just give other people chances that's not lining up with what we told God that we want? Which is another point. Have you even told God what you're looking for in a husband? Have you told God what you're looking for in a spouse? And, and a wife, because once you do, then you say, okay, now as I continue to walk on my journey with Christ, I'm only going to allow um, men or women inside that align up with what I told God that I wanted. And then uh, the communication part. So then once you move forward and you're starting to discuss, okay, this is like my plans. This is what I want to do. This is, you know, my future goals, you know, even as simple as, you know, one day I want to um, own my own truck, have a have a truck right now. You may have a car and you're like, I want to be able to have a truck one day, you know, like communicate that stuff. And you have to be honest. You know, you have to be honest. You know, you may think that it might hurt their feelings, 
But you got to be honest, because if you don't and you just keep brushing it under and you might tell a part of what you're wanting, eventually it's going to continue to build up. And uh, then it will just cause this big argument years down the road because they're think one person is thinking, um, well, they're doing what you expected or what you wanted. But it's really not because you never fully told them. You only told them half of it. So it's kind of like, like, let's say some simple as you like, you like hamburgers, mm-hmm. you know, but you don't really like mayo, but they always make you good burgers and they put mayo and ketchup and mustard on it. There's a little mayo, but you don't see anything to say this is good because you don't want to hurt their feelings. But eventually, if you don't keep going, then one day you might have a bad day and be like, you know what? I don't like mayo. Like, why do you keep putting that on there? And it's not the other person's fault. It's just because you did not express it. So all this time, they're thinking they're doing what's helping you. They're thinking they're doing what's pleasing you. They're thinking they're being a support to you when they're really not because you have not been honest. Yeah. So you have to be honest from the very beginning. Be honest about what you need, what you're looking for, and be honest about your dreams. No matter how stupid it looks, no matter how dumb it may sound, people may have tried to shut it down before. So sometimes it causes people to not want to open up and really tell their dreams. But the person that God has for you is going to help make that dream come true. Mm-hmm. You know, so he's going to help push her into um, whatever she wants to do. She's going to help push him into what. Uh, and vice versa, because she has what he needs to get there and he has what she needs to get there. That's why it's going to be very important for you to ask God and allow God to give you the right spouse because they have what each other needs. And and yeah, Tiff, and another thing is endurance, right? So I was single for a long time. And along with your communication, there has to be a level of endurance. And I, I kind of favor the word endurance. Although we need patience, I like the word endurance because endurance for me is more of an action word. And it takes endurance to wait on the Lord. Come on. When you're single, you take you have a level of endurance to wait and work and say, God, this is my desire to be married. Um, but Lord, I just thank you that you're anointing me to endure, right? Until that right person is in the right place, until I'm in the right place. But when you get married, you have to take that same tenacity and you have to allow that endurance to develop on another level because there are going to be times where you're not going to feel strong enough. You're not going to feel like, God, I don't want to be committed anymore. This is not the way that I thought that marriage should be like. This is not what I saw on reality TV. Come on. (laughs) This is not um, how my favorite marriage, you know, looked like or felt like. So you need endurance. You need to be able to say, you know what, God, things are difficult. Things are dark and it may not break overnight. You may go through seasons and times where you just have to say, okay, I'm going to choose love and I'm going to choose to endure, right? Even when it hurts, even when I feel like giving up, but I'm not going to allow this situation or this disagreement to cause me to stop enduring because what we, we have to endure until the end. And once we say yes to that person, even though <laughs> you, you, the enemy sometimes will give you everything every reason, or even just yourself, logically, you'll, you'll weigh your relationship and wonder like, God, is this, you know, what you have for me? You know, am I enough? Sometimes even in yourself, am I enough? Am I a good wife? Am I a good enough mother, right? Am I being true to who um, I know I am to be? And we have to endure through those emotions and through those feelings. We even need the grace to endure through our healing, Tiffany, because our spouse is going through healing in, in an area. It, we don't, it may not be the same area. It may not be a shared area, but during that healing, you may not get <laughs> what was on your list that you expect from a spouse. So that takes endurance, that takes tenacity, that takes passion, and that takes love. That's so good. That is so good on so many levels. And I'm trying to think even where to start with even my own thoughts, because for one, I want to go back to Jane's comment about the height. So, amen. 
I want a man with a Kevin Hart sense of humor, but not his height. So <laughs> come on, you know what I mean? But um, but even like you said about enduring, it made me think about how God is with us. It says, it's funny how so many things about God's love is not necessarily connected to feelings. It is connected to commitment and it's connected to covenant. And in that, I think about the Psalms where it says his love endures forever and how there's that one Psalm and it says he did this, his love endures forever. The next thing, his love endures forever and how much love does endure. Like it, it is choosing that person, not based on what you get, but what you get to give to them. That's and I, it. And that is to me, that's the part of the cross that you carry when you, you commit yourself, you lay down your life for somebody and you say, you know, it's not about, I'm not in this covenant about how much you're going to love me. I'm in this covenant about how much I'm going to love you and what I'm going to give to you and align to your heart and align to your vision, because I see in you what God sees. I see in you the giftings and the callings, and I am saying yes to it. And, and even on that, if I can real quick, go for it. It's very important to um, allow your spouse to be there for you because that's good. You, James. Know, you she was talking about how you may feel like, am I doing good enough? Am I being a good enough mother, a good enough wife, a good enough father, a good enough husband? You know, and if we look at society, tries to make it like the man is supposed to be the protector, the provider, the breadwinner, the woman, you know, just cooking, cleaning, you know, helping out. Now it's like, okay, you have a woman that, you know, business minded, they can do this. I don't need a man type thing. So then it kind of clashes even in marriages where you got a woman trying to feel like she has to do this and a man still trying to take it so i'm the man let me do this and that so at times if a man is going through he's gonna feel like no i i have to still stay strong i can't show weakness i can't be down or anything but yet in the marriage that wife is supposed to be the one person that you can say look this is what i'm dealing with this is what i'm going through because as the wife then her job becomes um to basically help help you, encourage you, strengthen you. You know, we talk about the wife coming from the rib, you know, what's, you know, the job of the rib, a real job is protects the heart. You know, a real, real rib protects your heart, mm -hmm. you know? So it has, something has to pierce through. If you get stabbed, it has to pierce through your ribs to get to your heart. So if we're protecting our ribs, when it gets down, or our wives, when it gets down to the place of us needing to be protected, they're strong enough to be able to do that. But we have to be able to say, hey, like I'm feeling weak. I'm going through this. Like, you know, or and the only way you can really do that is understanding, like you said, his love endures forever. So if this is really a relationship founded on the love of God, not off of lust then you can say, you know, his love is enduring. So you could say, man, I argued with my wife, but his love is endures forever. You know, I lost my job, but his love endures forever. You know, our kids did this or that, but his love endures forever because his love is what the marriage is found under. That's so good. I'm so glad you elaborated on it because it really is our foundation and our truth because we can only go somewhere together as we go there in God as well. And mm. obviously, like I said, I'm, I'm not married and a lot of it, but if I know anything, which I think is about a, a very small amount, um, I do know even watching my grandfather, my grandfather was a pastor and, and, and did marriage counseling over the years. And the things that I have learned and even saw through his ministry is just how much, you know, vulnerability has to be vulnerable, you know, like it has to be intimate. And if it doesn't come within the marriage, you know, and with God, it's something that you have to do together. You have to grow together in that and learn how to be that to show each other your weaknesses, to let mm -hmm. each other see the cracks in your own in self and allow there to be grace. Because I do think um, from my own personal experience, um, I was in a relationship, thought it was going to be the person I was going to marry. And I realized um, someone confronted me. They said, you know, Tiff, I think you want a business partner. I don't think you want a mate. And and um, and I thought, well, what do you mean by that? Because I felt a call to ministry. And yeah. so I was looking for someone who, in a sense, completed me, completed my ministry, where we mm. could go somewhere in ministry together. Now, I don't think that's a bad goal. I think that's a great goal. But in the end, I was looking for someone like myself. 
And I didn't realize that I was actually choosing someone in their own human condition and their own frailty and brokenness and their own dreams and visions and supporting them where it wasn't about me. And so even in my own personal life, I have learned, you know, love is about enduring. It's about, I choose you, you know, no matter what we go through, I choose you through it all. And that's what Jesus does with us. And that's what we hope when we come to him, when we fail and when we mess up. And now, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm going to make very clear. I do not make any it's a room or excuse for abuse. I mean, you know, I, I want to be very clear that there are some fine lines that we do not want to cross. But when it comes to being vulnerable and being honest and going, you know what, these are the things that are in my life that I'm just broken about, that there has to be a level of grace within the marriage covenant that reflects that of Jesus Christ. Very big. It's very big. Grace is very big in a marriage. Yeah. 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 And feel free to spend on that as well. So. It's so interesting because when you have the gift of being single and you are developing your relationship with Christ, you learn that there's, there is a dying to your flesh. There's a dying to your desire when you say, okay, Lord, um, I give myself to you. I give my life to you. Have your way in me. And then you go on this beautiful dance with the Lord when you're single. And then when you get married, and then there's a specific altar when you're single that you lay your life down on and you say, God, it's me and you. But just how you have to lay yourself on the altar when you're single, you have to lay yourself on the altar when you're married. So there is also another level of dying to yourself, whether it be you even having your own time, being able to make your own decisions, making things convenient for you, not having to talk to through things, right? Not having to deal with some dysfunctions, right? Because when you have a relationship with the father and you communicate with him, you know, he understands all things and he knows all things. But when you have another human being, unless the Lord reveals it to them in the spirit, you have to begin to talk and you have to begin to communicate and you have to begin to make a decision and or decisions if you are going to deal with your trauma because your trauma is going to come through with your communication. Your trauma is going to come through um, with decisions that you make, right? And so the Lord wants to take the lenses of trauma away, right? He wants you to see your spouse clearly. He wants you to see himself clearly. He doesn't want you to look at at your spouse through the events that you've been through. And a lot of times it takes you getting into a marriage relationship to begin to open up with those intimate details on and those things that you, you need to allow the Lord to deal with. Now, we can also come in with the false expectation that your spouse has the tools to deal with every traumatic and every broken place and every wound in your life, right? And so I was connecting that back to grace. So you have to say, you know what? They may not be able to deal with the trauma that I've been through. They they may not be able to deal with the wounds that I've been through, but I'm going to give them the grace and we are going to learn together by the leadership of the Holy Spirit how to work through this. That may take therapy. That may take counseling. That may take time. Just because you get into a marriage relationship doesn't mean that trust comes right away. And it doesn't mean that spouse has every tool to help you through every situation. So grace them. You know, sometimes they haven't been married before. You know, that's one side of the coin. The other side of the coin, they may have been married before to someone completely different than you. So they both, you have to learn things over and over and over again. So grace has to be in abundance. Endurance has to be in abundance. Communication, asking questions and being a active listener, being open to listen and being open to ask questions so you can understand where that person is coming from. And another key, <laughs> if I can give you another key, Please do. don't overreact <laughs> when your spouse is trying to give you an intimate detail that may be embarrassing. It may cause them to be shameful. You know, it, it's like, 
God, give me grace on what to say and how to respond in love and support, right? And to be able to say, you know what? That's a mistake that you've made, but guess what? You know what? That's something that happened to you, but guess what? I'm right here. I'm going to love you through it. If I don't have the tools to help you work through it, we're going to source out the tools that we need because we are in this together. And I don't know. I'm going to read a scripture in a minute, but I'm not sure if you noticed, but a family, um, the family dimension seems to break from the mothers and father, mother and father, not the father and the children or the mother and the children. Because what it is, is we give our children so much grace. We go out of our way to protect our children. But when it comes to the spouse, like he just feels like, oh, oh, you want to disrespect me or you want to hurt me or you want to do this and that. Like we're not continuing to give our spouse as much grace as we would for our children. And uh, Galatians 6 verse 1 and 2 says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. So if if your spouse does something, you know, you should be able to be there, and they may hurt your feeling, they may break you, they even may commit a sin. But you got to be able to restore them and meet this because it could have easily been you. It could have easily been able to be you that done that. And it's a thing. We all are tempted several ways, you know, like somebody who's never been tempted with alcohol. The devil's not going to, you know, going to throw alcohol temptations towards them. But somebody else might because that's what tempts them. So our temptations are different. So we can't be like, oh, oh, well, they did this. They did that. No, you know, you restore them. You know, you restore your wife, cover your wife, restore your wife if she messes up or she does something wrong. Same way, the wife should restore her husband unless it could be her that messes up in some kind of way. It may not be the exact same mess up. It may not be the exact same thing that causes you to get angry, but you still need to restore each other back, each other, you know, as one. That's good, because I think in, in many relationships, not just marriage, There's such a hard time walking with people through their mess, but also, I mean, I'm sure it's 10 times in a marriage relationship, but I think that even having that level of grace, because I think there is a level of perfection. And I know we talked about that even a little bit last week and idealism. And just like you said, even Angela, like that you are going to have a spouse that might not have all the tools or might not be able to give you everything that you need. So just like James said, you know, having that grace for each other, because there is something you look at a child and you see them mess up and you just, your heart over is overwhelmed and you just are like, okay, we can get through this and we can learn and be, and have a teachable moment. But having that teachable moment in marriage, having those moments where you can let go of pride and be honest and, and be like, oh, this is, what I lack. And this is what I don't even have. And being honest going, you know what? I love you, but I can't give you what you need in this. I don't have it within myself. Right. And, um, and, and I think that's also, you know, the great thing is that is where the cross comes in because there is a place that there is something that we both know can fix our hearts. And, um, and I think it leads into the importance of even being couples that pray together that read the Bible together, that get into worship together. And I know one thing, you guys do that. That's that's strong. And so, I mean, I want you to touch briefly um, because I also want to go into how you guys support one another as well. But I want to hear briefly just what it has been like for you guys to learn to go somewhere in God together. So to pray together, to read the Bible, to come to the cross together. Well, it's so interesting. <laughs> it's so interesting that you asked that question, uh, Tiffany, because when I walked uh, into the house tonight, I'm going to give you a real life example. You know, sometimes it's really nice to give these hypothetical examples, but I'm going to give you a real life example. <laughs> So I walked into the house and the kids had already had dinner and um, I had a full day. And when I walked in, I was like, oh, there's, you know, dishes all over the table, you know, all over the table. I need to get, you know, get everything cleaned up. You know, Jay is here and it's not cleaned up yet. And I had to stop myself because 
when I stopped myself and I didn't, I hadn't said anything verbally, but you know, we process it first mentally, you know, and then I was going to go into, you know, why are things this way? This needs to get done. And when I stopped myself, I began to feel the presence of God. I begin to feel the glory of God. I begin to hear the instrumental music that was playing in the house. I begin to recognize that he had been praying that he was in his place with God. And at that point, right, I have to to make a decision and say, what is priority? My husband getting into the presence of our father or making sure that these dishes are cleaned up off the table because one thing is going to be temporary. My home with a six-year-old and a two-year-old is only going to be clean for a temporary amount of time. But what he's receiving in the presence of our father is eternal. So it's so important. I've learned not only just to pray individually, but I know you have careers as we do. I know you have children. I know you may even serve. And there are so many times I'm just going to hit on this and get off of it. You can be caught up in your service and you don't even spend that time to connect with the one that you are supposed to be walking in oneness and as one together. So sometimes you're passing each other in the kitchen and in the living room and you're grabbing each other's hand and saying, Father, I just thank you for my husband. God, I just thank you for leading us and guiding us through this day. Baby, have a good day. And then there are other times when you know that the enemy, you know, is trying to get a foothold or trying to distract you or just trying to come in in different ways where you have to put the kids to bed early and you have to get on your knees and you have to begin to seek the Lord together. Because you know what? We are the number one reflection of Christ and the church. This is the example. That's why the warfare is so strong. That's why the attack is so strong because marriage looks just like the intimacy that Jesus has with his bride. And just like he wants his bride to be without spot and without wrinkle, we have honestly the anointing. We honestly have the access to be and the fruit to be able to love each other like Christ loves the church, to be able to be an example. But we have to sometimes, even like me today, we have to pull back and steady ourselves and say, oh God, what is important in this moment? <laughs> My own validation of a clean home, right? Or me being able to be sensitive enough to know that if my spouse was in prayer <laughs> right before I got home, he probably needed that intimate time. So just being sensitive, being discerning, right? And being able to know that it's so important that we don't overreact in situations just habitually, but hear God and be sensitive to know what's going on with our spouse. I feel like uh, if uh, I feel like a marriage is not going to make it without prayer, like a real prayer life, like not this little um prayer that people call praying where they just you know god help me help me with this where they're just seeking his hands every once in a while you know uh maybe two days a week for 30 minutes you know but when they're really seeking his face because you have to allow him you're going to be put in so many positions um as a husband or wife um to crucify yourself and to and for things to really come back up because remember you've been doing things one way for 25, 30 years, then all of a sudden you get married and now you're having to do things a different way. So um, prayer is going to be very important. Prayer is going to be very uh, basically demanding. Like you need to make sure you have, just as you would go out with your spouse, you need to be able to have that intimate time with God as well. Because also in that time, he's going to continue to make you a better person and help heal you and touch you. But he's going to show you also how to help heal certain areas in your spouse and help touch certain areas in your spouse and how to be a better support to them as well. Yeah, I think that's good because I think, you know, I hear so many couples about maintaining date night. You know, and I think that that is vital and, and important to keep the yeah. love going. But you don't hear a lot about a God night, you know, oh. in marriage of like, you know, let's let's set aside this day and this night to pray, to, yeah. to seek God together, to do that. And it's funny because the one one, if you do date night all the time, that's great. But if you don't do the other, it really will fail. Right. And because it's like you're it's 
it's easy to have those feelings, but man, God creates the foundation where love remains, you know, where love endures. And so I think that's really good and powerful. And um, it's so crazy. I'm like, man, listen, this thing's probably going to go longer than most of them. And I am okay with that because this has been so powerful, but I do want to close out because I, I want to hear in, and I think it's going to encourage other people as well. How do you both support one another? So um, I will say this, I um, went into um, our marriage, I'm going to give my own personal uh, testimony um, with thinking that it was already known, right? So my love was already known for him. My support was already known for him. The way that I feel, he already knew it. So I didn't need to, as a wife, add those words of affirmation. And there I was very wrong. It is so important for us as wives to affirm our husbands, even though obviously if you're married, if you're getting married, you should at least love that person. You should respect that person, right? There should be something in them that makes you say, you know what? This is the person. This is why I love you. This is why I love being around you. This is why I love spending time with you. And for James, for me, I had to learn in order to be a supportive wife for James is to learn how to verbalize my support, verbalize my affirmation. And so it wasn't about my works. Now, when I grew up, I received affirmation if I did a good job. So I felt like if I just continued to do a good job, quote unquote, then that would be his automatic affirmation that I love him, that I support him, that I will stand by his side, that I would do anything for him. But to my husband, that was silent. To my husband, it was a missing piece because I did not verbalize that to him. So words of affirmation is so important. Of course, we already touched on being able to pray, lay hands on your spouse, pray for them. If they're having a hard time, they had a bad day, they're at a point, a breaking point, pray for them, cover them. Worshiping with your spouse is another way that you can support them spiritually. You know, also um, when it comes to finances and financially, your spouse may have a dream, right? Or, Or an endeavor, right? That they want. And you're just like, okay, you know what? For the next six weeks or however long it takes, I wanna support you to be able to accomplish that. Right. So being a support, um, being selfless, being prayerful and being using words of affirmation. The Bible says that death and life is in the power of the tongue and women of God. (laughs) I want you to know when you start speaking life into your spouse, when you start speaking life into your husband, behaviors start to change. The relationship starts to um, strengthen. Right. And transform. And it's the more that you can come into oneness right with your spouse so support is very very important and you have to be able to um like you gotta ask them and they need to tell you you know what's the best way to show support so for mine might be affirmation or somebody's might be affirmation and others might just be doing you know like making sure like she come home from a long day or something she wants to make sure you know everything is good you know house is good you know and just time you know hugging her showing her loving on her showing her hey i got your back no matter what kind of day you had i got your back i'm there for you but you only are going to understand what your spouse needs when you ask you know and then the spouse needs to be able to say hey well this is what i need to help me because neither spouse is generally going to try to disrespect or hurt each other, you know, but sometimes it may come across as disrespect or hurt if we're not getting the affirmation or the love or the the support that we feel we should, we are wanting to get, even though, and see a lot of times if you don't ask what it does is the husband tries to show his support the way he wants support or the wife tries to show support the way she wants it thinking that, and the thing is about it is like, she might go above and beyond extra doing the support she needs, or he might go above and beyond doing the support he needs, thinking that it's showing extra love and support. Like, I got you. You know, I will die for you. I'm there for you. But yet to the spouse, it may show uh, you're not doing anything. And that's where communication is going to come in, because if not, um, it's going to cause big for argument, big friction. 
And that's where praying together is also going to come in because as you guys pray together, it's another form of intimacy. You know, you know, um, a lot of people think, okay, well, the intimacy part, you know, and you have kids and stuff, but your prayer life is just as intimate, you know, so you have to be able to have that in order for yourselves to grow as a couple, as a husband, a wife, and even as mothers and fathers, it's going to help you grow as well in that. Yeah. That's really good. And I'm going to say something super churchy, but I do think it's really true where, uh, you know, the password go intimacy means into me see, you know, <laughs> but it's really the truth. You know, yes. I mean, when you are being intimate, you are allowing someone to come see the inner parts of you. And, you know, and especially when we rely on God, you know, I one thing I know about you both is that you guys see each other, of course, as you are in the flesh, you know, what you saw when you first met each other and all that, but you guys have also seen in one another, what God sees over your other spouse. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, when we go back even to the thing of endurance, the only thing that helps you endure is vision. And one of the visions is the vision of what God can do in our lives, what God can do in our marriage, what the things that we have been believing and um, holding on for. But it's it's those words of life that God comes into and we're able to endure because we have his vision and what God has said over our other spouse. You know, you know, your spouse might not be here now, but I know God's promises over my spouse, you know, to see them whole, healed and delivered, to see them walking in the fullness, you know. And um, I think that's powerful. And I think, you know, I know people don't know who you are yet. Maybe some do. And I hope you do if you're listening to this. But you will see that with James and Angela is that they fully believe in what God has called each other to. And they put each other on those platforms to lift each other up to do that. And I think that's one of the reasons if you're going, you know, what's one of the reasons why you had them come on? That is one of the reasons because I have seen them in real life in the day to day when, you know, they were just, they were doing it for just them and God and, and, you know, and God has opened up doors and is opening up doors. But that to me is a beautiful part of marriage is to see spouses who support one another, who love one another, who are raising up their children and they raise their children the same way they see each other. I've seen it already. They, from the very young age, they've called the greatness out of their children, even as infants. And, you know, I look at even their son, Champ, and he has so much confidence. And I know that that confidence, you know what confidence comes from? It's actually not words, it's love. And when you are confident, it's because you know that you're loved. And I think that that's how marriages get built on confidence too, is that love creates the foundation. It creates the confidence that goes, you know what, no matter what I do today, no matter what goes on, I know someone loves me. You know, I might face the biggest storm today, but I'm confident because there is love in my life and it is the foundation of my life. And obviously when that's even love, like love with God, it's just boom, dynamite, you know? But I think that's why when people fall in love, it's almost like they can tackle the world, right? And mm-hmm. so, but the th- great thing is, you know, with marriages, you might fall in and out of love. I mean, it, it is an endurance, mm-hmm. but you can always be in love with Jesus. And mm-hmm. that love is just as much as maturing and growing. And that's why even if in the marriage there's things going on, you can be confident in his love today that he's going to see it through because he is that much more committed to you. And marriage really is only a bridal paradigm of what he's like. So really, God gives us on earth the same kind of commitment. Now we do it. Yeah, we do it broken, you know, but it's that same reflection of what God has so that when we see him again, we know that love endured through all the ages that he comes back for his bride. And that no matter what, in the darkest of times, even in the darkest of nights, even if the United States right now got invaded by China, Russia. Canada, Mexico, any any nation of the earth that came in. Say this was the darkest hour, which I do believe there's a dark hour right now for the United States. Mm -hmm. But I can be confident. You can be confident in love because my God is coming back. And I know at the end of the day, he has the final say. And that's what love does. It's that confidence. And so it's amazing how God gives us a gift on earth in marriage to reflect what is eternal for us. Yes. So I want us to close in prayer. I would love for you both to pray, um, you know, pray as the Lord leads you. And, uh, and then that's how we're going to close out today. Yeah. I just, just want to, um, just speak prophetically over marriages tonight. And, um, 
Tiffany just began to talk about our nation and the different things that we're facing and the darkness and the opposition um, that we, we're facing and the, just the warfare that we're going through and how our world is vastly um, changing. <clears throat> and the Lord was just ministering to me tonight. There are so many movements that's going on in society. Um, just, you know, everything is a movement, you know, <clears throat> in the age that we're in, you know, um, and so <clears throat> it's so important for us to understand the move of God. And so you may look at feminist or you may look at feminism and you're like, oh my goodness, you know, this, this movement, this is so crazy how fast it's in, impacting our world. But the only movement that we have to hold on to is the movement of the spirit and the movement that's happening in the kingdom of God. And you know what? There will be different things that you will have to war against um, to keep out of your marriage life, right? There are different spirits, different warfare, different just even mental thoughts that you have to war against living in society. But you have to understand that greater is he, woman of God and man of God, that it's in you both than he that is in the world. And he has the best pattern of love. He has the best pattern of leadership. He has the best pattern of intimacy. And I've seen so many marriages and it's crushing as a younger couple, just being divided and being separated when it's that individual's greatest time in their life, when it's that individual's greatest time for them to be able to move and grow. And we know and understand this is just a tactic of the enemy. But I believe that the movement that the spirit of God is bringing and birthing through the kingdom is going to be a movement that includes families, that includes marriages, that includes children. So God said it's a marriage movement. <clears throat> It's a marriage movement that he is depositing into the earth. And it's the marriage movement that revival is going to flow through. It's the unity that that revival is going to flow through. Many of you feel like your marriage is beyond repair. You said, Angela, I've tried everything. I've tried every book. I've tried every counselor. But I want you to be confident that in this movement and in this next flow, there will be restoration and there will will be healing. There will be transformation. And all the Lord needs and all the Lord wants is for you to be willing to say, God, I lay my marriage on the altar. And God, I say, revive what you have anointed, revive what you have appointed. And I just agree with heaven over my marriage. There is restoration for you. I'm not talking about the abused person. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a marriage that you know that God has called you to for his glory, that the enemy is just trying to sift out, that the enemy is trying to divide. There is a movement. It's a kingdom movement in our nation and marriages will be restored and marriages will rise again and marriages will shine again and the glory of God will break in into our marriages in this nation like never before in Jesus name. So Father, that your word says a love covers a multitude of sin. Yes. So I release your love over these marriages. <laughs> Refresh each marriage that is listening with your love. Yes, Jesus. Father, to that couple that is debating on divorce because of adultery, refresh your love upon their marriage. Refresh their marriage right now. Let it cover the multitude of sin. But Father, let them feel your love. Let him feel your love. Let her feel your love. To that lady who feels like giving up in the marriage because her husband is working so much. God is saying he's doing it because he feels like he has to. Feels like that's what you're wanting him to do. But he does not want to have to work that much. It's wearing him down and wearing him out. But God said, he wants to restore your marriage and restore your love. But he says you first need to restore your love to him. Yes, God. So, Father, let him and let her feel your love tonight. Let them feel your love tonight. Father, as each person lays down that is listening to this, God, when they go to sleep, give them love dreams. 
Give them a new love for their spouse. Let them feel in love with their spouse once again. And let them feel in love with you once again, Father. And we just thank you for this. We thank you that divorce is not an option. We break your power. In Jesus' name. We thank you that separation is not an option. We break your power. In Jesus' name. We declare that families will prosper. We declare marriage will prosper. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I, again, want to thank you. And um, I really want to encourage any person listening, for one, um, if you're on Facebook, social media, um, look up James Smith II, look up Angela Smith. They are both incredible ministers of the gospel. Um, James, I, I mentioned this last week, but he has just launched a podcast and it's called Heart of God, or is it God Calls God Heart? God's Heart, God's Heart podcast here. God's Heart podcast. So it's on Podbean. It's also on Apple, and I would highly encourage that. James even has a book called The Secret Shadow, The Desire to Go Higher. And I'm telling you, the Lord healed his body. And he has a testimony that is unlike anything you've ever heard. If you want to hear about, even from both of them, um, what God has done, miracles, living miracles, they they are all about it. And that's why even his podcast, you're going to hear more about that, what God can do in impossible situations, and that he is still, still the healer today. But also, if you follow them on social media, you're going to see that they have some upcoming events. So they are, um, God has continued to open up doors and call them forth to be uh, ministers in so many multiple ways. And so if you get on their social media, get connected with them, you will see the upcoming events where they're speaking, um, where God's leading prayer meetings that they even lead and um, even online. I know Angela has some online ministry and I think that you would be really blessed to do that. So um, this is my own shameless plug. They have not asked me to do this. They have not required me to do this. It's because I love them and I a thousand percent back their ministry and what God has called them to do. So thank you again for being on this podcast. Thank you so much. Tiffany, it's an honor. Absolutely. Well, next time I'm excited. We're still continuing in our relationship series, but man, I'm telling you, we will definitely have this couple back on again. So be on the lookout for that. And thank you for listening to What's the Word. Thank you again for listening to this week's podcast. I want to let you know that on Spotify and on Spotify only, you will hear the What's the Word playlist of the month. For August, we are focusing on praise and worship and how vital it is for us. So you're going to hear some of your favorite songs and learn a little bit more just in about two minutes about why worship is vital for our life. Of course, please make sure you hit subscribe, tell your friends. And again, next week, we continue the series as we look at friendship. You're going to hear from me and my bestiest friend, Shauna Forey, and I'm going to share my journey of healing through unhealthy friendships. So I'm excited for you to join us. And as always, see you next time on What's the Word podcast.